a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Happy Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day or both. Many people think the fight over what to name this federal holiday is another outgrowth of many of our recent culture wars. But have you ever stopped to consider that over the last hundred years, most national holidays have been chosen for political reasons? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, on Friday, President Joe Biden signed a proclamation declaring today Indigenous Peoples Day. But today has also long been known, as, of course, as Columbus Day. And to discuss why these national holidays have become so confusing and how we can fix the mess is Eric Baim uh, joining us from Reason Magazine. Uh, Eric, welcome back to the program. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Uh, let's start with Columbus Day. Uh, and, and all of these holidays really have uh, become a political thing more than anything else. Uh, but let's go back. Even Columbus Day was was a pretty political holiday. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Columbus Day actually has its origins, or the, the sort of national recognition of Columbus Day has its origins in the 1890s. President Benjamin Harrison was the one who signed the first proclamation making uh, Columbus Day a uh, not actually a federal holiday at the time. That came later, but making it sort of the equivalent of what Biden did on Friday with, you know, with calling this Indigenous Peoples Day, even though if you go look at the Office of Personnel Management, which, like, handles the federal government's uh, you know, personnel, uh, it still designates today as Columbus Day. So there's a lot of confusion about that. Uh, but uh, Benjamin Harrison was the one who first designated Columbus Day as a, as a holiday uh, in the United States. And uh, it was mostly a response to like anti-immigrant fervor that was directed in some cases very violently directed at Italians who were not regarded as uh, not regarded as as white immigrants, <laughs> not regarded as full Americans. Uh, a lot of really, quite honestly, some of the same nasty anti-immigrant sentiment that you, you still see today directed at different ethnic groups uh, was back then being directed at Italian-Americans. And uh, this was an attempt to kind of uh, quell some of that and ease some tensions with uh, with the government of Italy at the same time. Yeah, it's so fascinating. You go back and look at the history of that uh, 1892. Uh, and it was right before our, an election year. It wasn't, uh, didn't turn out yeah. to be enough to actually save Harrison <laughs> at the polls in November. Uh, but it, it clearly was a, a political move. Uh, there was a lot of anti-Italian sentiment and, as you mentioned, even violent uh, action against these immigrants that were pouring into the United States. Uh, and so it's interesting that that's really where that all began. 
Uh, and then, of course, we continue on, and, and now uh, with the president signing uh, on Friday, uh, really the first president to de- to declare this uh, or to recognize this as Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, does all of this just keep winding us further uh, down this culture war path, or, or where do we go from here? Yeah, I worry that it kind of does, and I think, unfortunately, the way most people think about today is they think of it as, oh, it's the Monday holiday in October, right? Like, there's not a clear... <laughs> sense, I think, for most people, maybe, you know, in some Italian immigrant communities and some Italian American communities in certain parts of the country, uh, New York City and Philadelphia, for example, you know, there are large gatherings and festivals and things to commemorate Columbus Day. And it, and it means something to certain ethnic communities in the country. Uh, but that's not grounds, I don't think, for something being a federal holiday, right? We don't recognize St. Patrick's Day as a federal holiday, even though, quite frankly, we should because it's my birthday, and that would be really nice. Um, oh, now I see. Now I see. <laughs> yeah, we don't recognize these things. Uh, and so I think I think really we should we should probably think about re-angle or re-sort of determining what Columbus Day is. But I think the Indigenous Peoples Day thing also is a little bit cheap and, and softened by trying to, like, co-opt Columbus Day for this. Quite frankly, Native Americans certainly deserve their own holiday. We should have a day or a weekend yeah. or a week or maybe even a whole month where we recognize that uh, that part of American history and culture. Uh, but it just feels kind of cheapened and and very culture worry to just try to tack it onto Columbus Day. I think we should do away with the whole thing, find a different day somewhere else on the calendar to Indigenous Peoples Day. And if we want to celebrate, like, Immigration Day or Immigrant Day, or in as you know, in place of Columbus Day, I think that would be a, a perfectly apt substitution uh, that would be far less politicized than yeah. the mess that we're having now. Yeah, and I, I think that's such an, an important point. And, and looking at all of the federal holidays, uh, a lot of those, a lot of those can come into question in terms of origin and and how they've been tweaked sure. and modified over the years. Uh, and so it is interesting to go back and say, okay, well, what should we what should we have as a you know federal holiday? Because right now it is so confusing. Who gets it off? Who has to work? And why? Yeah. Uh, and as you said, even uh, within the government, it's not even clear as to who gets the day off, who doesn't, and uh, what they're actually celebrating or not celebrating on that day. Well, and to go back to where we started this conversation, I think it's important to look at the history and to understand uh, that you know traditions come about because somebody made a change at some point in time, right? Like, it's, we've always celebrated Columbus Day. You have for your whole lifetime, so have I. It's a day on the calendar. And so it feels strange to change things sometimes, but I think it's also helpful to recognize that, like, it, it was once just the second Monday in October. It wasn't a national holiday. It wasn't a federal holiday. Um, federal workers want to have a holiday in uh, in October. I can't blame them. I guess everybody wants a, a nice little three-day weekend once in a while. I don't get it. My bosses make me work today. You know, you're working today, too, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think, like, it's fine to, to open up the books on these things once in a while. Tradition shouldn't be set in stone. Uh, certain holidays, like the 4th of July, you're not, you know, you're not going to move. You're not going to change. Memorial Day and Labor Day are pretty well set in stone. Uh, but uh, adding something like Juneteenth to the calendar in the middle of uh, June to recognize the end of slavery in the United States. I think that's a, a fantastic idea for a federal holiday, something that certainly is full to a lot of Americans than like Flag Day, which is already on the, the you know calendar in, in June and basically is just a pre-4th of July uh, gung-ho America celebration that sort of lacks any you know real coherent meaning. And I think you have the same problem with Columbus Day. It just doesn't yeah. have well, Columbus Day or Day or both or neither. It just sort of lacks a coherent meaning. Uh, separate these things out. Let's have an Indigenous Peoples Day, but let's have it on a day that actually has some meaning yeah. rather than just trying to co-opt another day that also lacks meaning. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a real crucial point there as well. And I know a lot of organizations are actually starting as they look at their packages in terms of days off for employees are actually saying, hey, you know what? Choose something to celebrate your culture, your heritage, sure. uh, and just have a day that way. And, and uh, that way we become less tied to the, the political battles over it and more in terms of what should we actually be celebrating. Let's let people uh, decide what that should be on their own as well. Eric, always appreciate your insight. Uh, again, uh, Eric Bame, a reporter for Reason Magazine, and gave us some great reason there in terms of how these holidays come about, the politics of it all, and what we really ought to be focusing on. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. So so as we think about that, uh, I, I do think it's important to recognize most of these holidays uh, start as very political things. And it's often very good for whoever the president is or whoever's declaring that. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, we should celebrate. We have a lot to celebrate. Uh, we don't have to turn every celebration into a battle uh, of the past, of the present, or more importantly, of the future. And so we have to rethink, what should we celebrate? Why should we celebrate it? How should we celebrate it? It's time to think again. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.